Thanks for tuning in to the Boiler Express podcast. Join us each week as we dive into all things Purdue sports. You'll hear in-depth analysis of our previous and upcoming games, as well as interviews with players and people involved in the Purdue sports fandom. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and YouTube for our live stream shows as well. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Boiler Express podcast. We've got Russ finally. Holy crap. What a hat. <laughs> what a hat you got. Busted on. across the line at the last second. Hey, yeah. Toby Keith, man. You got to honor the guy. Okay. Uh, See, yeah. when you, if you would have been here before we hopped on, yeah. I was blaring Toby Keith. It was a whole thing. That he was. That he was. To the well, we've also got Dylan, Frank, the whole crew here tonight. First time I've been back in like six weeks, but don't judge. Um, Way to have a day job. In- I know, right? Well, we want to have a huge shout out to some of our sponsors here. Martin Vintage, awesome, super cool, different type of old school Purdue shirts and such. Um, use promo code BXP at checkout for 10% off. I've got to get back into flow, man. I'm just. I, no, I'm, it's not you. It's Russ tipping his cap. God bless. I was taking a drink too. He, you just see him tip his cap, m'lady. <laughs> Never fails. Um, CBB uh, Analytics. Uh, CBB Analytics provides us all with a host of different pieces of information about Purdue basketball. Frank usually uses it because he's got the big brain. And then also shout out to Cincy Blitzboards. They are a boilermaker owned business. CincyBlitzboards.com. If you look at Russ and Dylan, they've got their Blitzboards hanging in the background. Cool little uh, uh, party game, tailgate, bar mitzvah, whatever. Um, but we'll get into the uh, show so people don't have to listen to me talk anymore. Um, how are you guys doing tonight? fantastic glad russ could make it with his dial-up internet dude he literally jumped hey, in right as i right go live. live and all i see I is like, i look i Lord. look down to look at my ipad i look back up and there's russ with an ill-fitting cowboy hat <laughs> right on time hey that's why i don't wear it man that's why i don't rock the cowboy hat but listen man, you and i gotta go cowboy hat did you shopping. buy that at gate baby gap or um well let's first of all my dome is like enormous so nothing fits it right so right. yeah i definitely need some help getting a cowboy hat from somebody that knows what they're doing and I will, you, are you and i will go on a cowboy hat date that's that's for <laughs> summer wearing anyway my other one's genuine rabbit fur no big yeah. deal genuine that'll upset some people i'm sure but. <laughs> yeah anyway <laughs> good talk <All> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh you it's gotta knock week. the rust Again. off yeah it's hate week part two Right. It is Saturday. It's, 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 it's literally in multiple ways. The boys. only game this week, so yeah. yeah. I mean, Purdue hockey—they take on the losers too. Oh yeah, yeah. So we got we got multiple hate weeks going on. Yeah, yeah. Dylan, yeah. you wanna you wanna chit chat about the old hockey folk a little bit? Oh yeah, they're killing it. Okay, they had a weekend series against Notre Dame at Notre Dame, swept them. A lot of talk from the Notre Dame side saying, "Oh, there's no way Purdue's going to go in and win." And they did. Uh, first one was five to two. The second game of this weekend series, they were down four goals to nothing. In like came, the first six minutes, wasn't in it? In the first six, five or six minutes, yeah. yeah. Came back to win it six to four. Like video game stuff these dudes are putting on. Yeah. Uh, it, it was awesome. It was a great weekend of hockey. Uh, Purdue currently ranked 14. Notre Dame was at 21 in the ACHA. 
Oh, uh, nice. They sent me this jersey, which is incredible. Uh, they're going to do, I think I heard uh, Matt say that they're going to do another order on jerseys at some point in the future. So stay tuned for that. I'll Ooh. tweet it from Purdue Hockey. So anybody that's asked me about these beautiful jerseys, these wonderful jerseys, uh, they should be going uh, another batch going on sale here soon. But uh, and then, yeah, it's hate week. They have Indiana at uh, the Indy Fuel practice arena. I forget what it's called off the top of my dome. Uh, so, yeah, big series for them coming up this weekend. It'll be the last home series of uh, of the year. I think yeah. the last home game of the year even. So, uh, yeah, the good looks from Purdue Hockey. Those dudes are out there killing it. We uh, we're working on a little some some uh, Purdue hockey and I oh, and, some. and Boiler Express. So stay tuned for that. Uh, a lot of fun stuff uh, that we're planning next season uh, with the hockey club, and it is Stop. very exciting. And I, I cannot wait. So that is it from the hockey side of things. Yeah, good, good, good. Well, we had a uh, entertaining week last week. Obviously, we played Wisconsin, which was just a baller game. And then who did we play midweek? I can't remember. No, Northwestern, that's who it was. Um, both games were were really, really good games. I I really enjoy a lot of these closer games in conference just because I like having the having the pressure on. Um, and I think both games were were very different in how we won them, especially if you look at Wisconsin. I mean, Edie did not have his greatest game. And to have everybody step up around him to really win that game was uh, was impressive and and good to see. But um, Northwestern continued to just kind of hang around and and do their thing. So, what are your guys' thoughts about the week that was? Boo booey, boo booey. That guy's so annoying. I can say I can say I wish I had a name like Boo Booey. That's like he's he is that player that I hate unless he would be on my team. Oh, I think he's uh, you. You're oh, I don't from hate to, him. To, to graduate, just graduate already, yeah. please. Yeah, that's what I don't hate him. I don't, I don't hate, hate him. him. He's outrageous. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't hate him. So it's good. more of a like he's frustrating. So he's so annoyed good. of playing against him. He's yeah. too good. Quit being so well, it's damn frustrating because he's so good. But then he goes off against Purdue, and then we'll have down games seven points. Else. Next <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's the sign of a good player, man. Showing up, showing up when the stakes are high. Well, he could not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe take not. a night off once in a while. Jeez. Yeah. Jesus. But that was a game. I mean, that game went into went into overtime, and there were a lot of shots that were just like they like they were just like circus shots. Yeah. And Ty Berry had like a heave that he tossed up at the end of the shot clock that was probably 30 feet from the rim. Like was that the one where the Edie was right in front of him, or was that Boo Booey? Um no, that that was Booey's shot. But yeah, Ty Berry shot like the ball, like we, they almost lost possession of the ball. He turned to his side, grabbed it, and just like chucked it up as he was turning. It went in. Um, yeah, then then Boo Booey had that kind of fading out of bounds Gank. shot with Edie guarding him, and uh, uh, yeah, Russ yeah, that one also freaking went in. stroke. I'm not sure what Russ yeah, is doing. Right, Russ, there. Yeah. That's his uh, wake up meds kicking it. Yeah, the cowboy hat was a little too tight. Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> the blood's returning. The lack of blood to the what brain. year did you buy that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does it have four, lead paint? Um, four hat two, sizes ago. 2008, 2009, yeah. yeah. I was like... Mm. I was five, definitely about 40 no. to 50 pounds lighter when I bought that hat. Yeah, so that's, that's oh, we light. know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Rush your hands. I don't care what they say. Love you. Um, yeah, I don't feel like... 
I didn't feel like Purdue did a ton wrong against Northwestern defensively. It seemed Isn't like everything. That a good feeling. Yeah, uh, I feel, it just seemed I like feel they like... they hit a ton of tough shots. Like we were forcing them into, you know, kind of fadeaway twos or pull up twos that were for the most part contested, and they just went in. I mean, a lot of the threes they took, I uh, I was was happy that they took. They just went in. Bowie had that that double contested three contested by two players, uh, basically in transition. Like he came down, thought about it, and was like, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna toss this up now," and it went in. Um. And I mean, I th- this game honestly had me worried. I was I was pretty uh, pretty scared in this game, just because I know you know Northwestern's ability. It seems against Purdue to get a bucket is just like they whenever they want one, they'll just go get one. Um, and it ended with a uh, a pretty hilarious um, tantrum by uh, by Chris hmm. Collins. So that yeah, was a, that was what a, uh, he made Fran look normal. Yeah. God, what a so trend. like like oh. my big thing with the. With both Wisconsin and per, or Northwestern, I feel like both games weren't like we didn't do a lot wrong. If that makes sense, like I felt like both games were were decently defended. What's up, Nick? Nicky boy, you were coming here from Nick asking us what's up. What's up, Nick? It is good to we're be. We're doing back. a podcast, Nick. What do you think? Yeah, what are you, what are you watching right now? What it's good you, to be first back. Time? Don't yeah, scare the one first th- guest away now. Come on. <laughs> if we haven't one scared thing, away Nick, yeah, we're not going to. Yeah. One thing we've yet to mention about the um the Northwestern game is um is the fouls. Uh <laughs> so do we wanna do we do we want to get into that? Do we want to get into well, uh I, I almost wanted to comment when somebody Purdue. said something about the Collins uh you know end of game antics. And I said something about it. Go check out uh there's a show called the Big Ten show that a uh, guy from the Illini cast podcast named Sonny. And then Husker or something or other. His name's Justin, Nebraska fan. He's really cool to talk to. Love you, Sonny. Um, son of a gun. I went on there Sunday. They just dropped it this afternoon, so go check that out. But I, I started going a little bit of rant on there that I'm getting tired of these crybaby coaches, like these crybaby fan bases and crybaby Cook coaches. Rest. And I, I hate, I hate limiting speech. I hate that. I, I hate finding people. But if you're going to complain and complain and complain about the officials to try to, there's no other reason to do it than to try to influence the outcome of the game something's got to happen because what's going to happen is we're going to get to another March where they swallow the whistle and they call the game differently and it's going to affect the outcome of a game. So I'm just, I'm over this. I'm over the fan bases. I'm over the coaches. Like to me, Brad Underwood is not a professional coach. Chris Collins is not a professional coach. If that's the antics you're going to go to, like that's ridiculous. I don't care if you went and shook Edie's hand and gave him a hug on the way out and thank the crowd and all this other stuff. Like, come on now. Like, that's ridiculous. Like you're a grown man and you're whining about officials and it's literally triggering this firestorm on social media. People clipping half of a clip and going, look at this foul and not showing the front half of the clip. Like, and it's going to have an effect. Like it, it can have an effect. Like it's not something that should just be brushed under the rug and forgot about, but I don't know what you do about these coaches saying this stuff. Emotional, yeah, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But it's like, you can, Russ, you can look at it and you can say, okay, Purdue shot 46 through free throws. Northwestern shot eight. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and Collins did make a make that point several times in his post-game press conference. He did not bring up the fact that four of those were due to the double technical from his ejection. Um, so if he at least wanted to be fair, he could have said 42 to eight. That's still a large margin. Um but he he acted like it was this thing that just doesn't happen. He's like, you guys have been doing this as long as me. When was the last time you saw that, seen that? Well, 
Uh, I think as of this morning, there have been 22 games this season where there have been at least 30 uh, free throw, uh, 30 free throw disparity. So actually more than what we saw. Yeah, um, 2010 now, although, Wisconsin versus Purdue is one of them. Uh, Oklahoma Purdue. Eh, yeah, Oklahoma. Yep. Blake Griffin game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, yeah. So like this notion that it's something that never happens and it's just outrageous. You know, a is wrong. You know, and and b this this idea that you know both teams are going to commit an equal number of fouls. I mean, Northwestern is 300 ranked 327th in personal foul rates going into that game. I don't know where they are now. I imagine it's probably a little bit higher, but fouls have been a problem for them all season. Now, couple that with the fact that before the game, he said, I've got five bigs. They each have five fouls. I'll use them all if I need to. So you flat out say that like, okay, I mean, you say it without saying it. My goal is going to be to foul as many times as I can. And then you complain about free throws. Come on, man. Like you basically told us it was part of your game plan. Yeah, but I'm 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 with you, Russ. I, I lost a lot of respect for Chris Beard when he did the same thing at Texas, when he made the same the same comments in his post. And and I think I think Russ, the reason the guy that these coaches do it is to take some of the heat off themselves. It's like, well, no, that's the it's the officiating. It's the officiating. But I mean, Northwestern, uh, what what percentage of their shots came from three in that game? I mean, probably 60%. Exactly. That's what they're yeah. going to say. Nate, Nate Oates can be out of that list because Nate Oates did the same thing against Alabama. He did. When they shot, yeah. literally, what was it, 70% or plus of their shot attempts were from behind the three-point line, and then he complained about the fouls. Well, yeah. you don't draw fouls out past the three-point line. You draw them in the paint, and everybody's scared to death because they're little crybabies. They're little scaredy cats of Zach Eady, and so they don't even take Meow. the post, and they're going to shoot from outside the three-point line and then complain about the fouls. That's ridiculous. Yep. And at the same time, like you said, the the strategy against Purdue is literally to throw bodies at Purdue and just yep. beat up Edie and know that they're not going to call everything. And then on so the other end, Russ, on the other end, people try to draw Edie out of the paint and get him on the perimeter. And then so like that, like it's a it's yeah, it, you you can't just say one team shot 46 free throws, the other shot eight. Therefore, there is a problem with officiating. And like, yeah, sure. I mean, the the. Uh, you, you can go on Twitter and show, hey, here's a clip. You know, there's that that clip going around. I had two people send it to me via via text uh, of you know um, Zach Eady and Matthew Nicholson, where you know he got his elbow tangled up with him, and it looks like he elbowed him in the head. And it's like, oh, here's a foul that he got away with. Was that an offensive foul? They didn't get called, probably. But like, you can you can you could. There's thirty or forty of those per game on both but, sides. But, see, but even like, that play, even that play in particular that I tried to point out in one of the replies was. The beginning of the play, the reason the Northwestern player's arm is there is because he's reaching through Edie, has his arm between Edie's arms trying to get the ball, and then he gets caught with his arm there. Another when a, one. When a guard does that on the perimeter, right, and somebody's arm is out and he rakes his arms through, it's, oh, way to draw the foul. Way to, way to really put the defender in the bad spot by drawing the foul. But when Edie does it, it's, <clears> oh, he got away with another one. It's ridiculous. Yeah, Not to understand. mention the scars on Edie's arms. Like, if Dude, you notice. It's obnoxious. So those are supposedly from Trevion. We had some comment wow. uh, earlier this season that said the scars are actually from Trevion Williams uh, from practice. From practice. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to say there's a couple of them that I saw were bloody after some games last year. Oh, yeah. But, like, what's this What's this conspiracy theory about Zach Edie? Is it, it like it the Taylor Swift conspiracy theory? Or? Oh, it's so just like. It's he's no the one, best player in the country, and everybody's gonna hate on him. It's just but, like, if, but no one if, wants to believe that he's good. No one wants to believe that he's that he's a good he's player. Just Everyone tall. wants to believe it's that he gets away with every call. 
I mean, yeah, what, what even Jay Bill is saying too, like, oh, if he was five four, it'd just be a lot cooler. But because he's seven four, it's not really that impressive. Well, yeah, uh, Haslam said the same thing. Like, I lost a lot of respect for that guy. It's like, okay, yeah, he's seven foot four, but like, there are there are other guys. Not going to name any names who are equally as tall, if not taller, who aren't putting up the numbers he is. So if that was all it took, we'd be seeing it a lot more. So yes, I'm he's not, seven foot so, four. So like, we don't want to disparage players from other teams. I'll, I'll throw out Will Berg, for example, right? Will Berg is a guy on our bench that he's developing. He is getting there. He's shown great improvements, but he's not on Zach Eady's level or he'd be playing Zach Eady's minutes. Like mm-hmm. it just doesn't happen. You don't roll out of bed at seven foot and play the way he's Yeah, and and anyone who thinks otherwise, I, I question their knowledge in basketball. I said it, I'm going to be that guy. But like, if you just say like, oh, he's seven foot four, that's all it takes. I, I mean, it, it's 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 silly, but it's like, did like no one wants to believe that he's good. Everyone wants to believe, oh, he 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 gets every call. Uh, he he commits offensive fouls all the time. He's elbowing guys in the face. I don't see it. I've watched every game. I go back and rewatch the games, and I look for those types of things. I don't see it. Does he get away with some shoulders? Yeah, shoulders are a little bit more ambiguous. I've never seen him elbow a guy in the face and have it not get called. I mean, even that one with Matthew Nicholson, there wasn't really an elbow to the face. It was more just incidental contact. Um, but then people talk about, well, he you know he camps in the paint three seconds. Um, now, now he sets moving screens. That's the one that started coming out after the Indiana game. He sets moving screens, moving screen here, moving screen there, moving screen there. I mean, so like no one wants to believe that like he's actually a good player. They just think that like Purdue has like paid the NCAA a lot of money, and we're just trying to get away with this. Uh, we're trying to buy our buy ourselves a championship, Gosh. and they they're they're gonna uncover it. I mean, like what's what's the what's the conspiracy theory here? Is it's 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 outrageous, and I'm just I'm it's frustrating to uh, to constantly like see this narrative perpetuated that. Edie gets away with 100 offensive fouls a game. I just started asking people to show them to me, and then they just stopped. So, did did somebody so, read Nick's last comment? By the way, I just want to before we get too far. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like enough noise. Let's read it here for a, let's read it here for our audio listeners. He said the the BS thing about the foul situation is the NCAA has said they're addressing it, and you should be allowed to play defense. Agreed. And like we've seen the rules of basketball not really change, but kind of be called in a different way that allows for offense to flow a little bit more and defense to be a little bit harder to play. And again, it's not that the rules have changed. It's that we, we're calling it different. Like, like think about calls that used to be a thing and then went away, like the flop, the cylinder, yeah. um, the double foul. Like those are rules that were put into place and they just stopped calling them. So, so uh, not to really segue, but kind of segue a little bit. And I posed this question to the group chat the other day. Is it time for Purdue to accept the villain status that we've kind of had and just embrace that almost? And I don't want to compare us to this team, so bear with me. But almost like how Michigan has kind of been the last couple of seasons. I mean, I feel like the players have. Yeah, I, I, I feel I mean, uh, Braden and Zach, especially, they seem to feed off of that. Yeah, you, you've like, seen a few games where Edie will stare at the opponent's benches, and he never used to do anything like that. Yeah, yeah. well, it's, they, it's, ha, he hasn't done it in a few games, but there's a game or two there. I remember sending in the group chat where he just kind of does a quick stare at a mean mug and yeah, and stuff that he never used to do. Yeah, now that's Again, the answer to your I'm question, there, to, Frank. I'm not trying to compare us to Michigan, but I would say that the last probably three seasons, Michigan football and Purdue basketball has kind of been pretty comparable. In terms of like big expectations and then falling short. 
I hope it's equally comparable considering yes. what Michigan football just did. Yes. Let's uh, hope. Let's the point hope. I'm trying to get to. <laughs> uh, Russ, you, uh, I think uh, interrupted you. What, what were you getting at there? No, you're good. I was just saying that's the answer to your question there, Frank. That's why there's this conspiracy theory about ED and foul calls because when you have a team that's as dominant as what Purdue has been in basketball the last several years, you have to find something. With Michigan, they handed it to you on a silver platter, right? Mm-hmm. They they just ran headfirst into these allegations. They kept doing shady stuff and didn't even, you know, weren't even ashamed of it. But you can't look at Payne in the basketball program and the way that he talks and the way he builds that program and find that kind of shady stuff. So now you got to find something else. Like, what's the reason? Like, that's today's culture, right? Like, another tangent here. But, like, you've got to find a reason why somebody else is successful. You can't just say, hey, they figured it out. They they're know what good. they're doing and they're excelling. You've got to find a reason. Why? How can we tear them down? What? How are they cheating? There's something that's that's wrong. Like, why did they have some unfair advantage? And that's just going to happen when you're a team that's at the top, which is ironic because we don't have the tournament success yet. So, like, I don't know why. If everybody's going to sit there and say, oh, well, they're just going to falter in March. Don't worry about Purdue. Yet they're very worried about Purdue, and they're talking about the foul troubles and the foul calls. It's like, okay, which way you want to have it? Like, are you not worried about yeah. us? Or are you worried about us? And what Great I think is ironic too is that nobody brings this stuff up with UConn or North Carolina, right? Or, because they've had Houston. Some, some, they've had some postseason or, success for it. Yeah, and I, th- I think I think that's the missing piece there. But yeah, on the on on on, on some positive notes, um, let's see. As a team against Northwestern, we had twenty three assists. Braden Smith had sixteen of those. That's bananas. And like. So Northwestern chose to uh, to basically blitz. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the blitz. I know there's kind of a spectrum there, but Northwestern chose to blitz uh, produce ball screens. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it basically means to just double team until they pass or pick up the ball. And Braden was just like, okay, cool. Like his his poise was fantastic. The problem when you do that, when you you create uh, a three on four scenario where you have three guys guarding the other four players, and so they brought some help to tag ED on the roll, meaning they pulled a guy out from the perimeter to come in and stop ED from just rolling right to the basket. And Braden did a great job of finding open shooters, uh, hitting ED on the roll when they when they created one-on-one scenarios. I mean, it was just a field day for him. And then, good segue into Wisconsin, we saw Wisconsin decide to play drop coverage on Braden to try to keep everything in front of him and invite that mid-range pull-up. And what did he do? Oh, Went off for 19 points. Time. And he hit that mid-range pull-up. He was like, all right, that's going to be there. I'm going to take it. And that was something we saw earlier in the season. We saw him hitting that shot consistently. And so teams kind of changed the way they started to defend him because he showed that, like, I'm going to hit this shot about 50% of the time. I think he's 48% on the season uh, in those mid-range pull-ups. So, and then, like, D1 average is, I think, like 35%. So he's about 10% above average on those. So he kind of showed, I think I think he sent a message in these last two games, he said, you know, if you blitz me and you're going to put two on the ball, I'm going to make the right pass. And if you try to take away my ability to distribute, uh, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to um, score. It's a interesting comment here. I have IU so much. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, there I it is. So much. There's the I hate IU so much. I see. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey. Wasn't sure. What wasn't, wasn't sure if we, we've had, we've had some opposing fans come on here and try to talk, uh, talk some smack or I thought that might have been what was going on. Get to work, on. Alex. Alex yeah. is one of us. Yeah, just making oh, sure here. That um, that's Alex is a former heavyweight wrestler at Purdue. Oh, so oh. don't mess with Alex. Don't mess yeah. with Got Alex. Got it. And he's, Glad a, he's on he's, our side. He's a local co-worker. Oh, nice. Well, Alex, thank, thank you for your comment. We appreciate that. And yes. 
Cali uh, boy. IU won tonight. They pulled it out against Ohio State. Tune cool. in tomorrow. Uh, you'll be seeing seeing a joint um, collaborative podcast with the Boilers, some of the Boiler <laughs> Express guys and, a, and an <laughs> IU podcast. Great, great, great people over there. It's going to be great. Uh, yeah, they're going to be. Burke is be actually. Good. I will. I will attest to that. Burke is a cool dude. Burke is a, a super cool guy, and he know. and he knows ball. No, definitely one you're not going to want to miss for sure. Burke is Burke 100%. knows basketball. And he is a very, very sensible and realistic uh, person. So, which you don't um, find often within the Indiana oh, fan base. Oh. While we're recapping performances of last week, too, I want to throw out there Lance Jones, man. Oh, Lance How about Dave. Lance flipping Jones, man? He's averaged flipping. 18.2 points per game the last five games, including three of the last four for 20 or more. And I want to see that dude go off against IU. Saturday. Oh, yeah. I, I want to see him drop six, seven, eight trays in there. I mean, I what this is like, the the transfer game, right? I mean, how many how many home IU games in the last ten years have been the 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 transfer game for Purdue players? You know, from yeah. it didn't happen to, last season, but yeah, yeah. But you, Frank, that's the exception that proves the rule. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, we'll we'll dive into that game a little bit more here in a second. Let's let's talk specifics about Wisconsin, like what went right what went wrong. I feel like the first four minutes of that game, Wisconsin kind of dictated things. And then after that, Purdue dictated everything from, from that point forward. I feel like defensively Wisconsin was forced um, outside of a few Tyler wall uh, crafty post-ups. Wisconsin was forced to taking the shots that Purdue wanted them to take. Um, They got very few open looks, especially from the perimeter. And I felt like offensively, they were just kind of Purdue offensively forced Wisconsin into kind of a scramble situation. Um, you know, had Purdue hit a few more outside shots, it would have been even worse. But you know, they were they they were mugging Edie, and it wasn't getting called um, to the you know the rate we would have liked to have seen. And they did make life tough on them. Um, but we were just you know our guard stepped up, Braden stepped up, hit those pull ups. Fletcher, I think, would he have eleven points? Didn't attempt a single 12, three. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think. Oh, sorry. Oh, I mean, Lance Jones, I mean, he took over that game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, so Braden with 19, Edie with 18, LJ with uh, 20, Fletcher with 12. Uh, I mean, and Gillis was, uh, what, 0 for 3 from 3 on three really good looks, too. So, yeah. you know, more often than not, one or two of those are going to go in. Um, but I feel like Purdue really controlled this game from beginning to end. And, um, you know, outside of that four-minute stretch, so not really from beginning to end, but for the vast majority of the game. And I never really was super nervous. I just felt like we were in control and, and uh, you know, we were forcing Wisconsin <laughs> to play our style of basketball. Um, I felt like Purdue did a good job on AJ's store. Um, mm-hmm. He was four for 15 from the floor, and he still had 14 points, which is shocking to me. That just goes to show how good of a player he is and is going to continue to be. Um, but... It did a good job of taking store out of the game and um, uh, taking crowd out of the game, in my opinion, which Painter said in the press conference was their um, their goal. And what do you know? Tyler Wall went off, and that's what happens when you're playing a really good team. Someone else mm-hmm. is going to step up. And that's where – and kind of two points that I kind of want to bring up that I thought was interesting about the Wisconsin game is that they made life difficult on Edie, and we we maintained composure. We didn't try and force it, and it was the total opposite of – and I hate to bring this up, but again, with FDU, when we played FDU, they made Edie's life hell and we couldn't do anything around him. Where this game, a team that is way more talented, no disrespect to them, but they are, 
and Edie's life was made hell, and we were able to to counter that by different players stepping up. <clears throat> the other yeah, it thing seemed I, like oh, go ahead, Chris. Sorry. No, the other part I wanted to bring up was the tweet that came out um, yesterday. I think it was with the uh, the little timeout adjustment where Painter was talking to Fletcher about a play, and he agreed to switch it because Fletcher said that he thought he could do the, and that was the alley-oop to Edie from three-point line. I thought that was pretty pretty interesting. Uh, I love that play. That I like, love the play, and knowing the backstory behind it, I love it even more. Yeah, and and so there's, there's a certain beauty with that play. Um, so uh, I'm going to go on a, on a little tangent here, but stick with me. It'll make sense. But for anyone who scouted Purdue, they know Purdue loves to run uh, Chicago series. Okay. And when Purdue gets into their Chicago series, the first thing they do is they run what's called a Ram screen, which is basically the point guard setting a down screen or a pin down on the bigs defender so that he can come up and get into that dribble handoff action. And the reason that they do that is so that the big can't necessarily interfere with that dribble handoff. They're still recovering from that screen. So Purdue will just like, and especially like in the Carson years and, and the years with Ivy, Two out of three times we came down the court, we were like initiating our offense in that action. Basically, Eric Hunter Jr. at the time was setting that down screen for Edie or for Trevion Williams to come up and get involved in that dribble handoff action. Well, every now and then the defense starts to overplay that, that initial ram screen. And so that big has the option to reject it for a lob and go right back. And it is the most beautiful counter because you just run the same cyclical action, then like bam, backdoor lob. Like it's it's amazing. Dylan, I'm Dylan. It needs to be a clip. It'll make more sense with, with some clips there. We'll clip it. Yeah, we'll clip that. The graphics we'll department it. will get on that. Yeah. Yeah. Slackers. Yeah. Russ, there's some laughter that. there. Yeah, why are you laughing, I just, Russ? I, I was looking at, at, at Dylan's face glazing over a little bit there. Like, hey, borders <laughs> by a billion, man. Borders by a billion. Yeah. It's 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 awesome, yeah. But it'll all make sense when you can see it. When you can see the same screen getting set over and over can again. Can we can we put that? Boom. Can we put those clips on a live stream or were they? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally good. We'll yeah, do that no. in the future when we, I like. We plan just can't live stream a live when, when it doesn't just yeah. doesn't just come up. Yeah, um, but I definitely think that um, moving on to the IU game. Um, I mean, obviously, IU's having some struggles. It looked like Ware might have had a significant injury. Um, in the Ohio State uh, game, uh, I'm not sure that was a significant injury. I think he was embarrassed because he missed a transition layup, and then well, after we the watched fact, that was together like, live here yeah. before the show, and I said, it's "Like I'm um, limping, you don't get I got injured, hurt. You gotta limp. You gotta yeah, but do. so I've I've read some things. Some people think it might be ACL ish. Um, wow, yeah. So obviously, it's all dependent. But hope he's um, fine. Hope he's good. Yeah. Obviously, no Xavier Johnson, so everybody's testicles are safe. But um, <laughs> but Saturday, Saturday primetime game on Fox. Um, Mackey is going to be twisted. Yeah. Um, that is going to be full tilt, and I think it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. I think they say lit nowadays. I think that's yeah, the sure, lingo. Whatever. Russ, you know the lingo. You dropped no cap. Today no cap. No cap. Be lit. <laughs> I was real. thoroughly impressed. I didn't know senior <laughs> citizens could say that. <laughs> <laughs> All the Purdue fans going to be simping for Painter and the boys. You know? 
That's I'm clipping that. That's gonna be clipped. Uh, that's Please clip my face. Uh, it'll. It's all gonna be clipped. Oh, that was good. That was. Uh, good. Fox needs to figure out some kind of tailgate show or pregame show for that game Saturday. Because, like you said, Mackey's gonna be crazy. I know. I really wish that we had we were on good terms as a conference with ESPN Game Day because that would be a lot of fun to have Game Day at. But you what know, there, nerds gonna be nerds. So how we feeling, boys? Ken Palm predicts a twenty point win. Holy Saturday. shit! Yeah. Damn. Holy. Yeah. Ken Palm. Ken Palm predicts a twenty point Purdue win. That also <laughs> makes me a little nervous. Yeah. 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 That also makes yeah. me very nervous. Yeah. 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 You realize we we just beat them by twenty one at their home. Court. I understand that. But yeah. Yeah. So but I mean, we they it also make me nervous. But at the same time, it's like maybe that's not high enough. They they also went. You know stone cold at the, but they they've been stone cold at uh from perimeter all season so they're they average 15.6 threes per game um which is in the third percentile for some context so uh 27 of their shots are threes which is in the fourth percentile um their three point percentage uh is 30 33 percent 32.9 which isn't terrible but you know it's in the 41st percentile so you know less than average Mm-hmm. But they, you know, like they're they're not a great shooting team, uh, but they don't shoot a lot of three point three pointers. So it's almost like they know who they are. The noodle says that's it. That's that's the that's the expected margin. Yeah, twenty points right now. Yeah. Um that that'll that may change depending on this game tonight. Um, but uh I mean it, w- one thing I use done well this season is they've been able to get in get in the paint. Uh and Purdue, you know, the last game was able to shut that down. Um, Malik Renew is pretty much a non-factor, and he he's a really good player. I mean, he he's a, a, a fantastic player. Um, Khalil Ware got in foul trouble, as did McKenzie and Baco, um, so we didn't really get to see a whole lot of them. And Purdue got out to an early big lead and was able to you know maintain that for the most part. You know, what if this game's different? What what, what if Ware? What if we see a game where Ware has two fouls, or Mbako has you know only two fouls in the entire game, and we get to see those guys? you know, uh, play the entire game, who knows what happens. But I think that, I think it's important to keep that context that this past game was, you know, a lot of their key players you know, getting in foul trouble yeah, um, early on as, as well. So um, there's that aspect. Uh, I mean, Khalil Ware is an elite shot blocker as well. Um, I don't know what his, his percentage is off the top of my head, but if you give me one second, I can tell you, um, you know, he can shoot. Um, he's long, he's lanky, he's athletic. Uh, he, he has, he has the DNA, he has the makeup, uh, to give Edie some issues for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's in the, uh, the 81st percentile and block percentage. So fairly, fairly good shot blocker. So yeah. um, To answer your question, I I don't think, or maybe not a question you pose, but I I don't think there's a scenario where Renew and Mbaku both stay out of foul trouble because this isn't you know, two, three years ago, IU, where they could hide Race Thompson on Edie and, you know, leave TJD, Trace Jackson Davis to to not get fouls on defense. Like, they have to have Mbaku and Renew on the on the floor to have their best chance to win. If Sparks is on the floor, it's because one of them's in foul trouble. And, you know, shocker, bold prediction, one of them at least is going to get in foul trouble. Yeah. Unless, again, like I said, unless they all of a sudden call the game differently and your hope is kind of, for Edie to pick up a cheap foul or two, have to be sat, and then well, let's see what happens. We'll ask Illinois about Trey Kaufman Rand. 
Well, and I would, I would love to see, I'm not saying, you know, I expect it, but I would love to see some, some kind of two man action going on where you, you know, I feel like Khalil Ware is going to have to respect Edie and stay home on Edie, uh, which will kind of have, you'll have the, either the renew or Mbako matchup for, for Trey Kaufman, Ren kind of use Edie, you know, outside of the paint a little bit and, you know, let TKR go one-on-one. I, mm-hmm. I would just love to see that um, and, and see how that goes. But that's probably just my curiosity more than anything else. But, um, you know, given all this, how are, uh, how are we feeling? I think 20 is accurate. I think that's, uh, I think that's probably what's going to happen. I think, uh, the Mackie crowd is just going to drive, um, just that crowd's just going to drive crazy plays, you know? It'll take like a couple threes in a row and a Zach E D dunk before the roof blows off and I'm catching pieces of Mackie in my front yard. Um but yeah, so I think it's just gonna be Purdue by seventeen. I didn't see that. I yeah, could I see Purdue by seventeen. Purdue by I could 17. see yeah. Purdue by twenty seven. It really wouldn't surprise mm. me. But it's gonna be double digits, at least. Yeah, I think the only thing that keeps it from being uglier is what we've seen already this year which I saw some stupid chart posted. I don't know if it was in our chat or somewhere you guys saw on Twitter, but somebody posted about first half and second half splits and how Purdue is like slightly negative. Yeah. But it's because we called off the dogs. He doesn't want to yeah, yeah, that's exactly 30 it. or 40 points. Yeah. And he, he respects Mike Woods and he, he respects the IU Purdue rivalry. He doesn't want to embarrass him with a 30 or a 40 point win. So I, I think that 20 is a good line. And if we don't see 20, I think that's why. I think it's because we oh, yeah. <clears throat> we call the dogs off too much and they're still trying to get at it to keep that margin as low as they can. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's a good line. But if we don't hit it, I think that's why, not because we didn't dominate the way we should dominate. Yeah. So what what Russ was referencing is a graphic that was going going all over the place on Twitter today of every Big Ten team and showing their, their, their first half scoring margin and their second half scoring margin. And Purdue is actually negative. And this is in conference play only. And uh, everyone's like, wow, Purdue's terrible in the second halves. Well, a third of our conference game have been 20 plus point wins where we, you know, where our, our where Wilberg has seen the floor. Um, not bashing on Wilberg. I'm just saying, you know, he only comes in when it's a, you know, a guaranteed, guaranteed victory. So, like, there, there's, there's that aspect that has to be taken into consideration as well. Um, but if you look at the games we've won, our margin is, is, fairly fairly even uh in the in the second half i actually went went and looked at it today um and and ignore the dominant first half too while you're trying to make that point go ahead yeah i mean i mean we know we know like statistically that the points scored in the first 10 minutes of the game are the most most highly predictive of winning um that like whoever wins the first 10 minutes that those for those first 10 minutes are the highest predictors of who's going to win the game is as uh, who wins those first 10 minutes so you you all seem to feel a lot more confident about a large margin of victory than than i do i i just think that in these games in these rivalry games you know there's like stats go out the window and uh you know numbers go out the window and trends go out the window um emotions run high i i just so play devil's advocate and paint paint the narrative like how does this happen At home in Mackey with our basketballs, our home crowd, Edie Smith Jones, how he's been playing. Like, what's the narrative? How does that? How does that happen if we do lose? Or if it yeah, is- well, like I said, you know, where's where's got the link to at least give Edie some difficulty? 
Um, you know what? Like, I'm I'm just saying, what if what if Edie gets frustrated? First two shots don't go in. He gets frustrated. He he picks up. Uh, you know, he gets a cheap offensive foul. Um, you know, he gets another foul. Um, you know, then all of a sudden it's it's uh, TKR and Caleb first trying to score on um, uh, Khalil Ware, who you know, uh, not not to get not speaking negatively about those two, but he's a lot longer than they are. Um, you know, that, that chokes off our inside game, which, you know, forces them to, um, uh, or allows them to lock down our shooters. I'm, I'm, I mean, there, there are all sorts of avenues that, that you could go, what, what if we just have a cold shooting night? You know, what if we just have a, a night where we go, you know, three for three for 19 from three, like Wisconsin did in this last game, or just, you know, some rebounds don't bounce. I mean, there are all sorts of things that can happen. Um, but I mean, do I think it's, it's likely? No, but I, uh, I just don't feel as confident about a 20 point win as, as you all seem to. I'm, I will, I will say I would agree if this wasn't a home game. Mm-hmm. I think that Purdue, I mean, I'm predicting now and boiler uniforms, you can quote me on this big game golds on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we get bananas with big game golds on. We, we typically go off when we wear the scripts. I mean, we just saw Northwestern come into Mackey and do some do some crazy things, um, you know. And I feel like, but again, in Northwestern and IU, two totally different atmospheres. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel, I, I feel like they're they're a better team than Indiana for sure. Oh yeah, um, but there's there's that there's that rivalry aspect. You know, there's lots of lots of uh, conversation about you know should the coach be fired? You know, guys wanting to wanting to step up for their coach. Um, you know, they the those those players are on Twitter that I guarantee you they're reading everything you are. They're hearing the stuff that Dockage is saying, you know, where, you know, these guys should be embarrassed. They shouldn't wear those uniforms, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, there's the, there, there's, you know, the human element too, you know, and someone have, someone have some, some stuff going on in their life. I mean, there, there are all sorts of avenues, Russ, but I'm just saying that uh, I think something like 10 to 12 is more, more what I'm comfortable predicting. I would love to see 20 or 30, yeah. um, but I just think that, you know, this isn't, you, yes, this is a one, you know, a team that's ranked in the 100 realm in terms of Ken Palm, but I think that something like, t- like 10 to 12 points is. Uh, I will, I will say this. We will set a new three point record Saturday. Wow. Oh, whoa. You heard so it here first. W- one reason I, it's hard for me to paint a narrative for IU to come in and, and compete is they don't have a guard that scares me as far as going off the way a Boo Booey can or a Jameer Young can or even have a night like, you know, Fennessey used to have against us, you know, or, or especially, you know, Hood, Hood Shafino last year. Like, they don't have that player that can do that. And their they best three point shooter. has got that dog in him, you know. As a kid. No, yeah, yes, yes, yes. I thought you, I thought you said I heard, but they have a guy who has that dog in it. No, no, yeah. Wait, hear this. They're missing a guy who's got that dog. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right, fellas, I have to bounce. I have an emergency going on, so I will will see you guys next week. Peace. But yeah, so I don't. I just don't see a guy that that can can do that. And I talked about it too on Sunday, or I guess it would be posted today. That. Purdue's also the top three-point shooting team in the Big Ten, along with having Zach Eady. And I think that's why this team is way different. It's way harder to upset. It's way harder to 
going to be put us out in the tournament this year because we're a lot more dynamic in that in that way. Like I think we were fifth or sixth in the conference last year, and we were very volatile. Although we had a good season average, we had a lot of up and down performances last year from the three point line. That's not really the case this year. Mm-hmm. So no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, we Purdue definitely had games last season where it was just like three point shooting vanished, and you know we all we said all season we were like, well, you know, yeah, we have those nights, but during those nights we have um we have defense you know um I have a comment here yeah, from that, the heel brothers yeah pretty hey, looks good hey yeah appreciate yeah. it um, yeah like you look at northwestern for example people said hey you lo- they lost the same purdue team they lost to northwestern at northwestern again and it's like guard scoring was not existent last year wasn't the case this year shooting was not existent last year from the guards against northwestern wasn't the case this year boo boo just went off they had a great night and it just it was not in the cards for us. Like it's not the same team. This team is much more dynamic. And I like I said, I don't think IU poses any threat. Like it might be closer than twenty, but it's be it's going to be because we call the dogs off, and they're they're still trying to run with it. Because you know, yes, Trey Coffin runs smaller than Edie, and Killaware could give him more problems than he could probably give Edie. But Trey Coffin runs already shown against elite talent, a top ten team, a Final Four caliber team in Illinois. That if he's got to step in and carry the load, he's going to drop twenty plus on you if he has to. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm scared to get too high, Russ. I guess. Is, did you uh, catch any of the, the coaches' show tonight by by chance? I didn't. No, I, I, I plan on plan on doing that uh, during the day tomorrow. Yeah. So it was actually Lusk. It wasn't um, Painter tonight. But one of the quotes I heard from that, I haven't watched it yet either. But one of the quotes I heard was, "There's an attitude and a mindset in the locker room this year, especially that everybody hears the whole Purdue gets everybody's best shot." Like, I get that. That's that's like almost like overused now. But the idea in that locker room is, well, let's give them our best shot every night. Mm-hmm. Like, we're the best team for the reason. We're the team they're coming after for reason. Let's make them deal with our best shot, right? Let's do what we do and make them deal with us. Don't try to cater to them. Like, don't brace for their best shot or wonder who's going to go off. Like, go out and have the elite night you know that you're supposed to have because you're the best team in the country. Yeah. And we've seen that we 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 haven't seen nearly as many head scratcher performances as uh, kind of what we're used to seeing this time of year. We, I feel like this time of year, it's like one out of three games. It's like man, we just just didn't look off. But we look, we do look locked in. Um, you know, I felt like Nebraska kind of had that feel when I went back and watched it. It was more just Nebraska was hitting really good shots or really tough shots, and a lot of them more than anything else, which tends to tends to magnify everything, uh, especially when you're looking at it negatively um yeah i uh i guess i guess time will tell russ in terms of in terms of how everything plays out uh this saturday but uh i am confident that purdue will walk away with a win i just think it's going to be a little bit a little bit closer than 20 points but uh we'll see uh we'll we'll, we'll see how it goes um, also just want to throw out there to people that that realize that there's the game is or the season is coming to an end right we only have nine games left at this point of the season and it's going to be maybe a little bit boring, possibly, uh, as far as the Big Ten schedule goes, even when you're looking at Illinois and Wisconsin, because Purdue, Illinois, and Wisconsin are done with the Nebraskas and the Northwesterns. Mm-hmm. All we're looking at now is the last three games of the season that each of us play. It's kind of a round robin between Purdue, Wisconsin, and Illinois, and it's going to come down to that. So you can kind of pay attention to you know, what Wisconsin and Illinois are doing, but I don't know that there's a lot of separation in the standings until that final part of the season. Yeah. That's going to make it fun. It's going to make the end of the season really fun. Really fun. But we just got to 
got it got to take care of business between now and then too uh i hope to i hope for the sake of the conference that all three of us went out up to that point as well because i think it's going to be a clear example that i think purdue has or purdue i think the big 10 has three final four caliber elite elite caliber teams in purdue wisconsin illinois so i think it would be great for the big 10 to kind of put to get to put to bed the fact that not just Purdue but the Big Ten has not been great in the postseason for the last 20 or so years since Michigan State won it in what 2000 so I mean I think there's been 10 conferences put a team in the final four since the Big Ten last did it mm-hmm. so it'd well, be I really think cool to put two or three in there Sorry, I, I saw something that that said um that of the three teams Purdue Illinois and Wisconsin Wisconsin had the hardest schedule remaining um now I'm uh, looking at their schedule. They're, they they don't play at home this week. They play at Michigan and at Rutgers. Um, you know we've seen Michigan with Doug McDaniel. He's pretty. They're pretty good. And then Rutgers is just a tough place to go and win for anybody. Um, then they play home against Ohio State at Iowa, um, Maryland, who is just a wild card right now. Then they go to Indiana, a tough place to play. I mean, so there's uh, you know then they 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 play Rutgers and then you know they they do come to Purdue. Um, yeah, I mean, those are the, I, three of those games are coin flips in my opinion, uh, and not, you know, disrespecting Wisconsin in any way, just, you know, it's hard to win at the rack. It's hard to win in Indiana. Um, Maryland, you know, Maryland's Maryland's playing their best basketball lately. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun final week of the season for sure. Yeah. For Maryland sure. was that one team I was looking at that could, that could be a wrench in the, and the gears for Wisconsin and Illinois both because yep. they do both have to face uh, Maryland and Maryland. Like you said, they've, they've started to turn around a little bit. Now they obviously step back a little bit against Michigan state. So we'll see what happens there, but yeah. Yeah. I am. I am happy Purdue uh, doesn't have to play Maryland again. Um, Cause they're, uh, they're, they're figuring things out on the defensive end. Their, their ball pressure has gotten a lot better. Um, they're, they're finding things offensively. Julian Reese seems to have found his stride a little bit. And so there's a, uh, a lot of things trending upward for this Maryland team. And we get Michigan State at home as well for Purdue. So yeah. That those uh, last three games are gonna be interesting. Michigan State at home at Illinois, home against Wisconsin. Yeah. So yeah, Michigan State scares me. I mean, I know they've they've had some struggles this season, but um, you know, they don't have a bad loss. That's the one thing we have to keep in mind is you know, they they do have some good wins, but none of their losses are bad losses. I can so. thank James Madison for that one. Yeah, I mean James Madison, uh, they're 69th in Ken Palm right now. So nice. that's 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 where's Dylan when really you need good. him? What? I said where's it. Dylan when you need him? He'll watch it and he'll get it. It'll be good. <laughs> but with that, we'll go ahead and wrap. We're uh coming up on the hour mark. Be sure to tune in tomorrow uh as we go head to head, so to speak, with Burke from Off and Donnet. Again, he's uh represents an Indiana podcast. It's going to be a really good episode. Uh, he's a really good guy. He's he's a fun guy to talk to, uh, knows quite a bit about basketball, and it'll be great to to get his insight and get his perspective on this upcoming game and just IU season as a whole. Um, so that's one you definitely won't want to miss. Um, Russ, anything else from you before we sign off? Uh, check out what Dylan did with the hockey team as well, too, if you haven't. Really yet. good stuff. Yeah. So, cool stuff there. Yeah. yeah be, uh, be, on, be on the lookout for, uh, for some things on that front. Uh, materializing pretty soon should be should be some cool stuff but uh thanks for tuning in go boilers and uh let's get the win over indiana yes sir boiler up